Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends But I'm out of practice With your host, Keith Barney And Deglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. It's not Fourth of July without a bunch of tanks. Only fireworks we need are the U.S. Women's National Team. Out of practice. And welcome to the Out of Practice podcast detailing David E. Kelly's Emmy-winning show, The Practice. And spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the uh, U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. What's going on, Dex? Well, Keith, we uh, once again are... Pushing the episode slightly so that we can be patriots. And I don't mean in the bring your tanks to the National Mall type. I'm talking <laughs> cheering for our, our women on the pitch. Uh, yes, in t- the World Cup. If you have not watched the uh, the semifinal against England, uh, skip ahead uh, 90 seconds or so. Because uh, we, uh, we just watched it. It was very exciting. I watched the game in 4K. Did you through Fubu TV? Through uh, the Fox uh, Sports app. Oh, interesting! I didn't even think to do that. I watched in your normal 1080p, and it was just as exciting. Uh, not even 1080p because Fox broadcasts in 720. Oh no! Even through PlayStation View, I guess so because it's just no. Yeah, because that's what they broadcast in. Because Fox Sports is cheap. Hmm. So anyway, uh, it's it, strangely enough like the 4K. It's clearly better. But it's not the giant leap that you got between standard definition and high definition. I find HDR to be much more appealing. Is if you want to see like a graph of the fidelity jump, HDR generally mm-hmm. does it for me. Was it running at uh, sixty frames per second? Uh, that I don't know. I did not bother to look because that I think, especially in, in fast motion sports, is is more of a. Oh, definitely. Well, and uh, certainly, I watch a lot of hockey uh, that way. And when it when it clicks on to sixty frame, it is an entirely different experience. See, for me, for you know, forget HDR, forget resolution. Give me a solid sixty frames a second. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, that is your uh, minute explaining why we've never touched a boob. <laughs> you know, I will say, however, that uh, anytime a goal, uh, you go to the replay in soccer or uh, football, if you will. It generally does not pan out for your team, but uh, we really we dodged so many bullets in this one. Well, yeah, that was that was crazy. I'm I'm really surprised they called the goal back, and uh, but I I thought I was like, ooh, that's gonna suck. But you know, they did get the call to get the penalty kick, and they saved it. So congratulations. Yeah, I feel that like it a- all kind of worked out, and there's no there's no real places for complaints. Although we do have to shore up that that defense over the middle. Well, I gotta. I mean, I just want to know what's going on with, with Megan Rapino. They, they, like, they keep. Took, I mean, nobody knows for sure, but they keep saying it's a hamstring. 
I know. Took my favorite player off the field. I know she's awesome. Anyway, okay. So, uh, so you're back from uh, from upstate doing uh, the Candor and Neb review. How did it go? Are, is it done? It's not done. I go back up uh, on Thursday. This weekend we do Thursday through Sunday. Next weekend do we do Thursday through Sunday, and then we are finished. So I have, now, I have eight or so shows left. No, I gave you an assignment. Did you do the assignment? Um, the assignment was done through a third party. I just have to get the uh, get the audio from him. Okay, because I I think it's very important for Tom Brady to hear uh, some of your performance in this Canterneb review. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, you know, it came together. It's uh, I don't know that it's my finest <laughs> work, but uh, <laughs> you know, when you anytime you put a show up in in eight days, seven days, it's it's subject to a little egginess, but uh, I'm pretty proud of everybody. They they pulled it off. Summerstock is something I have forgotten about and was quickly reminded how stressful it is. Yes, well, it's a it's a quick remember, quick forget kind of a situation. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, everything goes in uh, in short term ram for sure. Yeah, talk to me on Thursday when I try to remember the show. <laughs> All right. Well, we have something more important to remember. We do. And that is the week of January third. Get nineteen ninety eight. We have clicked over. Happy New Year, Keith. There it is. Happy New Year, and we are uh, going to talk about the pursuit of dignity. But before we do that, we need to discuss this day in the basement, January third, nineteen ninety-eight, Saturday night. What were you doing? This was not Saturday night. I believe this was a Wednesday airing. January third? Uh, is it? Was it? Let's take a look. I, I th- that's what uh, TV TV dot com has told me. But I think we should oh. maybe we should go back in time and check it out. Yeah, all right. Well, look, you you go ahead and do that. I'll Google I'm that. My, uh, and why don't all right, you, you Google that? Why don't I'll you give mine. T- oh yeah, please do. Okay. Well, uh, so something very memorable happened in Vermont uh, that week. Actually, started the the next day. Um, but that was there was a tremendously huge and devastating ice storm Ooh. that took place. Uh, and uh, here I've. Uh, there no one a- who lived here in the North Country in January of 1998 will ever forget the sights and sounds of the ice storm, not on this, the 15th anniversary, and for most people, not in their lifetimes. Jack LaDuke and Derek Murden, two longtime journalists, covered the ice storm in the so aftermath. So we got obliterated by an ice storm that went all the way up through upstate New York, Vermont, and well into Canada that ended up causing almost $7 billion of damage. It was a Saturday. It ha, was a I Saturday. told you. I, I mean, TV.com was wrong. It said it aired on a Wednesday, but that is not correct. That was a dirty lie. Or IMDb is lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so I remember this ice storm came and just knocked out power for like most of the Northeast for days. Um, and I remember uh, actually going back on the old videos that I got from Christmas. The next thing after Christmas was us cutting down ice-covered trees for my grandfather um, all over the place. Took out a gazillion trees. So it was very memorable. It didn't actually hit us as bad where uh, where I actually lived because we're way up on sort of a mountain. So we got a lot of snow. The ice was at lower elevations. So anyway... If you were from the Northeast, you might remember the Ice Storm of 98. I do remember it, and what I thought was so cool about it, even though I, well, aside from getting off from school for a variety of days, was 
that each individual blade of grass had a little sheathing of ice, which I remember yeah. really made sledding not so great. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it was. It's actually like once you remove the destruction, it was really beautiful. But you had just like trees down over the road everywhere you went. It was intense. So what were you doing? Well, Keith, I'd like to I'd like to recycle, and by recycle I mean rewind. Excuse me. Um, back just two days to the first of the year because uh, I do fondly recall we used to on New Year's as a family go to my dad's uncle's house, but they were more like brothers, sort of. In Italian okay. families, everybody's your aunt and uncle, and so it's hard to keep track of how you're actually related to anyone. Fair, fair. But I remember we would take the 40 or 45 minute or so drive to my, who we refer to as Uncle Joe Nottingham, to his house, and all of my extended cousins, who I only would see once a year, would be there. And what I thought was really cool, and I'd like to give a shout out, is my my cousin, uh, we called her Aunt Charlotte, but I think she's like my second or third cousin, uh, was this kick-ass drum player. And so people would all grab, really? grab instruments and sort of like do rock band covers and my my badass cousin would just rock and roll on the the drums, and I remember thinking how how cool I thought she was, and I think you know that that planted a seed for me going forward to really uh, to become a guitar player. Well, to really con- continue to pursue <laughs> music, I think. Yeah, well, I, there's nothing cooler than a drum than a drummer, really. Like, I if I could be one like instrumentalist that I'm not, right. It would definitely be... I would love to be a kick-ass drummer. Yeah, I'd like to play and the so, cello, too, sometimes, I think. But, oh, the cello, cello is a very versatile instrument. Yeah. It, it, it's it's one of those, like, great strings that you can you can do a lot of the stuff you do with a double bass, but you can really... You can go all the way up to a viola and get way the heck up there. Very... Use, if you are orchestrating a, uh, a musical or a show and you don't have a huge budget... I would recommend a cello as your swing instrument because it can do many, many different things. Interesting. Because I'm sure a lot of I'm sure Tom Brady is really interested in uh, what instruments to choose. I don't know that Tom Brady's interested in anything because he's ceased to contact us. (laughs) That's probably because you tried to give away his real email address. No, I edited I edited that out. No one would have even known had you not brought it up, Keith. Oh, well, okay, fair enough. Now, he, now I have a question for you, Dex. Yeah. Have we stalled long enough for you to quit buffering that clip you've been trying to get for about 10 I, minutes I, now? I don't think we have. I think I am running way too many things through the mainframe here. I'm trying to load up Dick Clark's Rocking Eve from 1997 so that we can remember who was uh, who was joining Dick Clark that, that evening. I think maybe it's coming up. But uh, did you have any traditions that you and your family did in the on New Year's Eve? You know, not not a lot. We did one thing when we had our uh, our exchange student. We had an exchange student uh, from Spain uh, named Nacho, who was great, and uh, he taught us the tradition of eating grapes as the as the uh, clock struck midnight on New Year's Eve. So at every gong, you had to eat a grape and try to eat all twelve. Uh, all at once fitting them in your mouth, which I thought was really fun. I've never heard that before. That is pretty awesome. No, it's European. And of course, uh, we did the, the, the one time we did this, we were outdoors in Vermont at a like a like a concert sort of a deal. Right. And of course, it's Vermont in January. So we started the tradition to realize all of the grapes were frozen solid. <laughs> 
which is uh, you know, it's Vermont. And uh, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm well. You're. <laughs> I guess this. Never gonna I guess work. this isn't it's, happening. I guess I have to pre-buffer before we start the the meeting. Yeah, oh, but well. I'll tell you what uh, else happened but, uh, in the cover of the Burlington Free Press on the third. Now the storm started the fourth, so that dominated. But before that, ironically, the lead story was teens survive a night on Mount Mansfield. Oh, okay. In January, which uh, again, that's pretty dicey. I mean, it's not like the uh, the polar ice caps, but Mount Mansfield is the biggest of the Green Mountains, and it is the one that's right in my hometown. And so it's it's pretty big. It's pretty substantial. If you spend a night out there in January, especially if you're teenagers who didn't know what you were doing, well, and God bless. Oh, I, ho- I hope that they were safe. Oh. Definitely. Well, I mean, yes, they, they did survive. I mean, in the headline said survive. So, spoiler alert. Well, Keith, I can't get Dick Clark to, to load. I, I should have done. I should have done it beforehand. So let's just. All right. Let's just pretend it happened. Uh, so, oh my God! That what a great clip! I can't believe In Sync was performing on New Year's Rock and Eve. Rest in was. peace, Dick Clark. You, you're probably right, actually. I, yeah, I'm guessing. Meanwhile, the top movie. Get ready. Titanic begins its reign. Oh, yes. So get used to hearing Titanic as the number one movie for a while. I'll never let go, Keith. Uh, I'll never let go. Which pulled in only... The highest grossing movie of all time, eventually, only pulled in $33 its first week. I mean, that's like pre-sale for uh, half these Marvel movies these days. That's like a Thursday showing. Yeah. And... Shockingly, the uh, top song continued to be Candle in the Wind. Wow. And, uh, because I'm tired of finding uh, Up covers. in horsey heaven, here's a thing. If you're a Parks and Rec fan, you'll know what this is. You trade your legs for angels' wings. And once we've all said goodbye. Speaking of Marvel movies. Well, we've given this a lot of playtime. It's good, we've got to get to the hook. From Parks and Rec, that's Chris Pratt singing as Andy Dwyer. His response to the uh, their horse dying, 5,000 candles in the wind, which I thought was a brilliant work of parody. Now, Keith. Yes. Uh, maybe your internet will Google a little bit faster than mine. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, is 1998 also not the year when the first Toy Story came out? Oh, that's a good question. All right, hold on. I'm going to look it up. You look that look up, up. while I tell you that last night I went to see Toy Story 4. 1995. Oh, wow. So, definitely wrong. Okay, so it had already been in our uh, in our collective conscious. Well, anyway, I'm still going to take this opportunity to say that I went to see Toy Story 4 last night. Uh-huh. And though people have said that perhaps it's just a shameless cash grab, and that there's nothing left of the story to tell, I'm here to tell you... I still cried like a little baby. 
Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, uh, Toy Story 3, I saw it in the theaters, and I definitely cried like a little baby. Because now, there, it's really well calibrated to people our age. Correct. And knowing exactly how to stab us in our childhood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and especially, uh, at least in number three... It was, I'm going to stab you in the childhood, and then I'm going to remind you that you're old and death is coming, and all of the things that you thought were important as a child are now old and dying. (laughs) Yeah, and this one sort of deals with, I think it's a not-so-subtle allegory about parenthood, which would be the next step in our sort of nostalgic trip. But it also helps, I think, encapsulate the entire movie as the entire series uh, as sort of a waxing on just life in general the lifespan of a, of a person and what happens when your purpose is fulfilled and it does there continue to be purpose and it's just it's really man it is oh pixar man <laughs> whew, it is something it really it really took me for a spin last night so uh they they will kick your ass that those uh pixar folks anywho so that's uh, our movie review of toy story 4 uh mike gives it right. uh every ugly cry possible so uh that's all the ugly cries all the ugly very good so anyway keith that's our movie talk let's let's talk a little bit about television shall we shall we talk about the practice season two episode 14 entitled pursuit of dignity yes written by our old friend david e kelly who is back back. and directed by our old friend michael schultz this is the fourth episode that he has directed uh so far on the practice okay so uh here we go it's gonna be gonna be uh it's gonna be an episode of the practice and we're gonna talk about it uh i've noticed that our back episodes keith are slowly but surely filling in so luckily we've we've enticed some completionists to jump onto the train here and yeah well that's it's you know if you put something on the internet there's enough people who will accidentally click on it to make it make you feel like you're being paid attention to so just a quick reminder to those of you who might ha- be listening in the future, if you want to participate in the conversation, you can do so by emailing us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can chat with us on the subreddit, which is not our own, but it is uh, reddit.com slash r slash thepractice. We're also on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, both at Out of Practice Podcast, And you can check out our Out of practicepodcast.blogspot.com where we have episode recaps and the definitive ranking by the two of us of the episodes we've seen thus far. It's a very specifically definitive ranking, but it's fun. It's it's kind of fun to look at. Yes, I agree. Thank you for doing that, Keith. I'd like to mention that the uh, previously on this week, since we've stopped airing the previously ons uh, because they sort of are boring. Are boring. I found it interesting, Keith, because we've been kind of dealing in this second season with which were which are episodes that were actually intended to air in the second season and which were sort of leftovers or holdovers from the first right. season. Last week's episode, as well as this week's episode, had almost, not quite, but almost identical previously ons. Ooh. So wait, wait, you know what that needs? Conspiracy theory. Yes, both both of these previously ons dealt with the five 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 grunt commercial that that Jimmy had recorded and aired. Jimmy's grinder account. And the first few seconds, as we're going to find out in a few just a few moments here, of this episode 
strike almost identical beats as our uh, our favorite beats from last week when the clown and the gospel choir and the uh, the uh, abused dentist patient dental patient well, all appear. Well, and 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 meanwhile, actually, it's it, it's good. I was going to bring that up. The dental patient is another one of the stories that have been seeded and abandoned. Uh, this season. The other big one, and I'm sure we're going to come back to it, and something is so scurry about the episode air, you know, uh, airing orders, like we've talked about a million times. But remember that whole setup for the cancer cluster story? Yes. Oh, yeah. What happened? <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. And that was like going to be a big thing for Jimmy. It certainly seemed like it was going to, but of course, that was clearly a season two episode, and like, all right, so we're going to set the table, we're going to lay the groundwork for this really exciting arc, and then let's do ten episodes from last year. So, in this kind of weird alternate universe we're living in currently on the show, that has happened, that has happened, but Jimmy is unaware of it. Right, because he's still grunting. He's still grunting, uh, oh, well. Will they straighten that out this this season? Will we catch up? Well, I mean, there's only 30 more episodes this season or so. <laughs> no way. 15. Right? Isn't a 26 well, episodes air season? I th- I th- no, I think season two is like 29, something oh, like that. Boy. It's well, ridiculous. Oh, man. I'm getting sick of you. How are we going to do this? <laughs> well, you know, you know what I found out because I'm I'm, I'm building out our uh, spreadsheet with all of our stats and everything like that. We have, and we're and we're just like stretching it right this very minute. Everyone's like, "Oh, they're going to do the episode." No, they're not. They're going to gab for. <laughs> but we have subjected the Earth to 33 hours of this so Holy far. Holy crap! And you know, we used to we used to note in the show notes where the actual episode began, and that sort of died out just like the through line here in season two. <laughs> because we're gonna make you listen to us yeah that's right that's right speaking of listening to us yeah uh keith and i are going to pay the bill right now by playing an ad and i'm doing it this early because i put it in the middle of the episode last time and i felt like that was a bait and switch so i'm doing it here at the top before we start the episode and when we come back we'll jump into season two episode 14 great all right keith i think it's time now, I, I should just point out that I, I did click into last week's episode, and uh, where you placed the ad last time was right after I said I had to go take a leak, <laughs> which you left in I the sure episode. did. I'd like to call that an Easter egg. <laughs> but it was, more, like it was more just an asshole thing I did. Oh, my... And, you know, meanwhile, like, Jillian is always, like saying, why do you announce when you have to pee every time? Nobody needs to know that. And I'm sort of like, well, I'm about to just get up and leave the room abruptly. I feel like somebody should know what's happening. And I also like want to specify, like, I'm not going to go and, you know, spend 40 minutes there well, taking a meeting. Like, I'm just happy that you just trying to be polite. That you noticed that I did that. I sure did. I'm one... <laughs> I'm, I might be Tom Brady and not know it. Um... Speaking of Tom Brady, I'm just going to check to see if he sent us an email one last time because, wait, no, he didn't. God damn it, Tom Brady. Well, oh, I, th- that was the, I think that might have been the saddest moment of the entire podcast so far. Because his memes are awesome. Well, there is one <laughs> consolation, and that consolation is... We're, we're finally going to do the episode. But not before. What does Mike think's going to happen? Wait, get your guitar. We're not. You can't half-ass it. I, I know you're not on the road. I left it upstate. 
I see the guitars behind God you. God damn it. <laughs> it's going to be so out of tune. Hold on. I, that's all right. When has that ever stopped us? So uh, as Degs grabs the guitar, I feel like I, it's almost like we're on a dare now oh, to stall. Water. <laughs> but we're on a dare to see how long we can stall the episode for. Oh, man, this one's out of tune, but I'll give you something. No, bring it. What does Mike think's gonna happen? Ooh, Ooh, that is out of tune. Well, I told you, but I gave it to you anyway. <laughs> oh, man. All right, what does Mike think's gonna happen in this here pursuit of dignity? Well, uh, maybe we go back to the dental guy, or I'm gonna guess randomly here that uh, one of Jimmy's grunt uh, people... Uh, <laughs> grunt people? Grunt clients... Uh, actually has a compelling case that we're going to learn about that has something to do with dignity. Okay, everybody, listen up. Excuse me. What we do is a lottery. We got some Hasidic Jews. Six of you will actually we get have a guy wearing a body cast. Jimmy the grunt. The rest of you, excuse me. I'm sorry, we'll either yeah, have to I, I love how she was like, excuse me, fuck off, guy whose broken arm is like <laughs> in a strap. Is that a dog? Or, or you can, uh, can I hear a dog? Wait uh, for no, a call. No, that is... Uh, informational sheets it's a little girl who is the, twitching and making noises. the nature of your problem. Um, on line number three, very important line number four. I'm sorry, ma'am. My daughter has Tourette syndrome. That's why we're here. Okay. She got expelled from her school. Little girl with Tourette's. Daughter of a guy I'm pretty sure I know. <laughs> that The uh, daughter with Tourette's is a woman named Rachel Silverwood, although she was a child at that point. Uh, I'm assuming she's a woman now, but that is her only IMDb credit. One and done. I, I think she does a, a really good job in this episode. I, but she obviously must not have found acting fun. Uh, she made the right call um, for many reasons. Should we should we discuss her father while we're here? You want to do that? All right. Dad of the little girl with Tourette's that Mike knows. Dadarette. Dadarette is Tom McGowan, who uh, not surprisingly is a Broadway guy. If you know him. Aha! He, uh, quickly has, he's on The Good Fight, was in Ghost World, Sleepless in Seattle, Everybody Loves Raymond, and, uh, has been on Broadway in many shows, including Wicked, She Loves Me, Kiss Me, Kate, and Chicago. Hmm, all that jazz. Yes, he well, just closed Kiss Me, Kate last night. Come on in. Uh, excuse me? Hi. What if you're not here to see Jimmy the Grunt? Do you still have to go through the lottery? Well, who are you here to see? Bobby Donald? Oh, well, he stepped up. Sharon? Ah, old friends. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> yep, they hooked time. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another ex-girlfriend? She, she uh, was my... Thank <laughs> you! <laughs> you took the words out yeah. of my mouth, Rebecca D. Cricket. Welcome to the podcast, Rebecca D. <laughs> Senior prom date. Senior prom date? Oh, wow. Hi. All right, so at the risk of doing too many of those in a row. Bobby's prom date! Stand in for Nicole Kidman. (laughs) Hey, look, this is an Oscar winner. 
This is Kathleen York, uh, a.k.a. Bird York, uh, the musician. Uh, she's an actress and musician, song singer-songwriter. She played Toby's ex-wife on the West Wing, uh, on the show In the Dark, The O.C., Crash, and uh, she was on Dallas as a kid. Uh, but she is an Oscar nominee for her song In the Deep from the movie Crash, okay. which a lot of people on this series were associated with in one way or another. And she's also yet another notch on the bedpost of one Mr. Bobby Donnell. Bobby doesn't have a bedpost anymore. He just has a <laughs> pile of sawdust next to his mattress. <laughs> Zing, Keith. You look- Boom! You got Jimmy! <laughs> so do you. So do you. Come on. Anybody else here used to date Attorney Donald? Yeah! <laughs> oh! You got Jimmy again! Wow, Bobby's getting Jimmy right and left. And he's charming that snake. Charm it, Bobby. So I'm, I'm guessing so that uh, Tourette's girl got discriminated against, and maybe that's what the dignity we're speaking of is? That could be part of it, yes. So last week we learned about the civil right, and this week, basic dignity. Basic dignity, which, you know, it's, it's sort of like a themed couple of episodes. Because civil rights are also about dignity. We wouldn't know it from all those no migrants in cages, Keith. What, say that again? Said he wouldn't know that with all these migrant children in cages. Jesus fucking Christ. We don't have time left on the internet they for me to finish screaming about that. The teachers? Yeah. <clears throat> See, these are ticks. What happens is she tries to control them because she doesn't want to distract the class, but the more she holds them in, the bigger the outbursts when they happen. Same with, same with parts. This little girl was tossed out of school because of a disability. Tourette syndrome. Eleanor Front, this is Lisa and William Wright. Hi. Nice to meet you. Hi, it's uh, Lisa. Yeah, Might Eleanor actually get you. a case this week? God, I was, I was just thinking that. Been like, oh, I remember when papers. she was a great lawyer. Seeing your face on the news. You've been busy. Well, so have you, huh? Bobby's office is... I have pictures. Unusually Quadrupled clean. in size? Yeah. Oh, that's where the spare tire used to live. Here is uh, Melissa. <laughs> she's 13. Oh, she's beautiful. Going on 20. And that's Justin. He just turned five. Oh, they're great. <laughs> you couldn't have cared what less. About, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're great. Uh, Look at them. Gone. Small people. Whatever. Uh, I married young. He was in law school, full of idealism. I was swept away. What happened? He became a lawyer. Uh, people, you didn't hear that because we didn't. He didn't record his end, but mine's still going. Yeah. He said, "I hit the wrong space bar and stopped recording." <laughs> I'm really bad at this. <laughs> I was just gonna say, as a trained actor, I it's very easy to spot a fake cup sip. Oh yeah. <laughs> but instead, I just shut down the whole podcast, so I'm the asshole. <laughs> oh, we're doing great. I can't wait to yeah. piece that together. So. <laughs> Oh, this is the hard part. What's um, the hard part? Get to it! I'm I'm in some trouble. Hmm? What kind of trouble? I love how he looks shocked I've when somebody arrested. came into his office. <laughs> what? He's in trouble. Um, Bobby, my architectural career didn't exactly um, take off. <laughs> so I started supplementing my income. The suspense oh, is killing me. That's a call girl. 
Whoa! Didn't see that coming. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, it... Happens to the best of us? What? That's how I spent the 80s. Yeah. And if you're not the last person on Earth, <clears throat> I would want to find out about this. You're certainly on the short list. Um, what are you calling short? The two people that would be last are in this picture. Oh. Look, all joking aside, she's doing a really good job with this. Uh, as far as I've read, you seem like a good lawyer, and uh, I need someone I can trust. She was great on the West Wing, too. I don't like how Bobby kind of eye shames a lot of these people. I won't people. take it easy. It keeps eating my exhibits. You hit it. If I hit it, it'll be dead. What's the matter? The matter is, I'm in trial at 2 o'clock. This damn machine is broken again. I mean, why can't we get a new one? We beat the stupid tobacco company. We have the money. Why can't we get a new machine? I mean, is this a Boston <laughs> Way to reference something that happened like five years ago. Used? Trials As if it just happened. Thing. What's that? Oh. The commercials are going good, you know, uh, so the marketing people came up with this. It's the, just a the, He has marketing people now? It's a Jimmy doll. I'm a grunt. Call me. We got to make sure it's classy. <laughs> that. I want a Jimmy doll. I, bet, I wonder if you could find that online. It's a blatant discrimination. I would at least I think they would know. try to disguise it. Hey, what's up, Armin Shimmerman? Welcome back. Shimmerman is back. They don't want to expel her, but there are Quark. a lot of students whose interests are being... I have being... seen no suggestion that the interests of the students have been compromised by... She yells the... out during class. She jumps up and down. I suspect that despite Lisa's outburst right here, the court will carry out and conclude its business. I also suspect that the teachers could carry out and complete their business in the classroom. This is an intelligent young girl. Is this the way we're gonna deal with her? I wanna conduct an evidentiary hearing and I want to hear from the school principal. I would then like to talk to Lisa. We could start this afternoon. Three o'clock. <coughs> Now, Keith, do we enough Latin? Okay. Thanks. Do we know? <laughs> do we know if this actress actually suffers from Tourette's? Uh, I do not know. It, there's very, very little information on her. I doubt it because I don't think it would be uh, just the practicalities of shooting. She would have to be pretending to do her Tourette syndrome in order to time the cuts well. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to know. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. They're willing to deal, but open-ended. What does that mean? It means if you give them enough to help crack the prostitution ring, you'll be off with no finding. More important, no record. But from what you've told me, I, I'm not sure you got enough to give them. I told you everything I know. No, I understand, but it may not be enough to, to secure convictions against the escort service. So what do we do? No. Well, we might as well try. We got Times is hard. Settlement Times negotiations are inadmissible. Hard. So if we don't like what we get, we can still go to trial. Okay. She should have sold meat pies. He's being. He's really dealing with good bedside manner here. This yep. might not be my my business, but I had no money. I was facing eviction, so I did it one time, just once. And twice, and just two times. And now every time is my last time. 
I've been saying that for three years. <laughs> She's excellent. She's really excellent. Very, you know, it's very subtle. Kind of money. She's on the, the, the divorce mortgage the payment. best version of this show. My kids pretty much lost their father, and I, I didn't want them to lose their home. Bobby, I don't need to be told how stupid I was. All right. Well, let's let's talk to the detective. Okay. I remember them saying they had to operate. Then they look who it is! And you consented hey. to the operation itself. But I never agreed to the Crazy lady on the witness stand! What Keith that said! That is my friend Harriet Harris! Tony winning Harriet Harris, who you would know from Desperate Housewives. She was Frazier's agent on It's All Relative. She did a great episode of The X-Files and Memento. Uh, and I got to know her because she was in uh, Should Have Been You with Jillian. And she was also on, on, on Broadway. She was in Crybaby, Cinderella, and she won a Tony for Thoroughly Modern Millie. So it's very exciting to see Harriet Harris, who is a phenomenally hilarious actress. Well, there you have it. Yeah. Keith's, Welcome, Harriet. Keith's best friend, Harriet Harris. She's, I, I would not say best friend, but certainly Facebook friend. When did you friend. first realize, Mrs. Blake, that the doctor had sewn maggots into your leg? When I came out of surgery, he said it would help heal the wound. <laughs> I beg your pardon? <laughs> ha. Objection. Jury will disregard. Ha. I have a, a phobia <laughs> when it comes to worms and snakes and so forth. I have had ongoing nightmares, insomnia... Weight loss, anxiety, even delusions sometimes. What kind of delusions? Delusions that they are still in me. These fat (laughs) albino worms inside my skin, chewing my dead tissue, squirming around, excreting their larvae into my veins, spewing their... (laughs) Get it, bacterial germs into my bloodstream maggots. Big, fat, vicious maggots. I, I have delusions <laughs> that my entire person is being infected and invaded by big, fat, white, chewing, vicious maggots. Yes. <laughs> Keith, I'd like, to, I'd like to approach the bench. Uh, yes, please. Um, for an aside, I... I opened a show in the Adirondacks, as we've mentioned earlier, and yes, um, as one is wont to do prior to going on stage, I was putting my shoes on, and generally I don't look in my shoes when putting them on, but this was a new pair of tuxedo shoes, and so I wanted to make sure that they were laced properly. Fair enough. Keith, inside of my shoe that was uh-huh. about to be placed onto my foot yes, was a three and a half inch barn spider. Ooh! A big, fat, gnarly barn spider. <laughs> oh! Not poisonous to humans, but regardless, having what I had had I had put that on my foot, uh, something nasty was coming my way. I would have really enjoyed you noticing that halfway through your number. Uh, I think I would have noticed it instantly because it took up the entire width of the shoe. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> and so now. I am having 
kind of small delusions like this, like Harriet is saying, uh, I keep feeling shit crawling up my feet. Wow. Well, you know, and I, I think that really speaks to how good that monologue was yes, that just, Harriet just gave, which I, if I ever do another monologue, if I ever audition again that involves a monologue, that's the one I'm going to do. How's your leg today, ma'am? This isn't about my leg. Yes, ma'am. But my question is, how's your leg? It's fine. Fully recovered? Yes. Suffer any infection? No. Did you consult with other doctors or surgeons after your operation, Mrs. Blake? Yes. Any of them say you were lucky to keep your leg after the car accident? I'm not criticizing his surgical skills, so let's not twist it. You're suing him, ma'am. He saved your leg and you're suing him. I know that lawyer from somewhere. We've now heard enough from him. We should talk about who that is. That is Harry Lennox, uh, who is has gone on to become pretty f- successful after this. He was a regular on Dollhouse. He was in Man of Steel. He was in Matrix Reloaded, and he has now done 160 something episodes of The Blacklist. Good actor. Yes, I have. In fact, objection. you sought help. Objection! Uh, for... Objection! Objection! Hold on. Sidebar. Yes. Speed it up. I'm attempting to show she was getting psychiatric help before this. The HL doctrine doesn't matter. You take your plaintiff as you should. I'm certainly entitled to pursue this line of questioning. It's irrelevant. No, it isn't, counsel. You can redirect and rehabilitate, but he can ask. Step back. Just one second. I don't want the jury to think I walked up here just to get quickly rebuffed. It'll make me look weak. So I'm going to stay right here pointing (laughs) my finger finger. for a second. (laughs) Because if I'm up here losing this point, I'm at least going to look authoritative in doing so. Thank you. I'm finished. Now I'll step back. What a great beat for her. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sad that she doesn't get more opportunities to actually litigate she because be she's there? really on top of it. Well, she's it's very funny, too. Room. She's going to yeah. tick worse, and if the judge sees that, you know. I'd absolutely want you there, Mr. Wright. Oh, okay. Um, can she wait here? Oh, she can stay with me. Really? No problem. She's not going to break any decorum in here. Trust me. Thanks. That's the truth. I would get $600 from the escort service and then whatever extra would be determined during the date. You'd have sex with the clients? About 60 to 70%. Intercourse? Yes. Oral sex? Doesn't matter. She admitted she did. Actually, it does. Some kinds of sex acts are illegal regardless of whether it's prostitution or not. There was none of that. (laughs) And it was conditioned upon your employment with this escort service that you had sex with your clients. It was understood. What does that mean? Well, they never said that you must have sex with the clients. They um, only said that whatever happened during the date would be pretty much up to us. But it became clear that if you refused to oblige the client, you probably wouldn't work much. What about the money you got directly from the client? The negotiated part of the date. Did any of that go to the escort service? I think we should do Intimidating cops obsessed with the sex Sexy cop <laughs> Yeah, so Sexy cop, good <laughs> I, It's Actually, well, I, I was thinking about um, What he just said about some sex acts Are illegal regardless uh, And it's, it's, a, it's a funny line until you realize What that law Usually those are sodomy, sodomy laws, laws Which are specifically have been used for hundreds of years to particularly persecute homosexual couples. 
So, fuck you, dude. Yeah, it's uh, Pride Month here, and or I guess we are coming to the conclusion of it, though it should always be uh, being the case. We are pro-Pride here on the Out of Possum... Pro- 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 oh, God. <laughs> we are so proud of the Out of Possum podcast. <laughs> and that possum is indeed out, so congratulations. <laughs> Possums should love who they love. You've given me... Wait, who is this guy? Let's just get to that. <laughs> Oh my god, did the possum see its shadow? It did. That means 18,000 hours more of podcast. <laughs> it means another month of pride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is R.D. Call, who you would know from Waterworld, Into the Wild, or Born on the Fourth of July. Hmm, that's apropos. Yeah. Frequently plays uh, Tough Guys. Tough Guy. Absolutely nothing I can use to get this escort service, have you? I don't know. You don't know? Seems to me you do know. Seems to me you're the perfect employee over there. Hey, hey what? <laughs> Help me out here, counsel. You're a lawyer. Hey, what? Hey, Just what the what? hell she bestowed me with here? Remorse? I'm supposed to say never mind because she looks sad? Mr. Morrison, you don't know me. I have no record. My crime here is... Pretty much victimless, but I have two children who will very much be victims. You should have thought about that before, ma'am. I know that. What a D-bag. And I also know that you have a job to do. I guess, uh... I'm assuming that you have some discretion. And I'm pleading that you use it here. She's really, really good. Knowing you owe me nothing. Keith, I'm smelling a runaway for the, uh... certainly, uh, got a chance. Maggot therapy is not hocus-pocus, and I take exception to that suggestion. Is this therapy common, Dr. Close? Oh, there could be some nepotism, I fear. Sometimes superior. Why? Well, many drug therapies (laughs) combat bacteria, but maggots not only help to destroy bacteria, they also help to breed the wound. Moreover, they actually help stimulate live tissue. Did you inform us? Doctor who loves maggots! Maggot Nito? <laughs> what did you say? Maggot Nito? Ma- oh. <laughs> I found the crickets again. They were uh, under the bee. I know we've missed them. <laughs> oh, how we've missed them. Yeah, they were uh, under the under Bobby's sawdust bed with the. Uh, uh, oh my God, possum. Wow, that would have been that would have been so good. Except yeah, now I, did I think not you have to cricket stick. yourself, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, you ever uh, you ever started a joke and like hoping that you're going to remember the word you know you can't remember by the time you get to the end of the joke and then don't stick the landing. Yeah, that's it right there. <laughs> uh, well, the only person who's ne- never cricketed himself is Bobby Donnell, as we found. <laughs> Doesn't have to apparently. That maggot doctor <laughs> is Nicholas Pryor, uh, who you've seen on The Omen Part 2. He was on 90210. He was in Hunger Games on Dallas. He's still working, and he began in 1954. Is that Dude has had a long career. He's never been on Star Trek? He's never been on Star Trek. Keith, we're running out of episode. I, it's, it's pretty upsetting. Oh, we did well, have I the mean, judge. We did have the judge. Well, we we have Quark. Yeah. I mean, freaking Quark. Freaking Quark. Freaking Quark. You're going to sew maggots into her leg? I couldn't at the time. She was still one of my favorite 2020s I've ever watched was one just detailing the use of maggots in uh, post 
It was Amputee about this therapy being the best. Reassociation therapy. Let me see if I get it. Oh, interesting. What well, this is what is, this is about. You put the maggots into the wound. You should be on the, the jury. Is that Rudy Giuliani on the jury back there? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Tissue. Yes. The maggots you know, I peed next to him once. Only the dead tissue. Rudy? And if I yeah, understand it, I sure did. Crazy Rudy or not crazy Rudy? Even without eating it. Uh, in between in crazy and not crazy. There's a compound that's lethal to bacteria. And how does the maggot help the live tissue? By massaging Stimulating. Here in Astoria. You mean by crawling over it, you know, squirming around? Yes. Squirming around inside the patient. Yes, he's so excited. While it eats tissue. Yes. And while he loves it maggots. its feces. Yes. And what eventually happens to the maggot, Dr. Cloves? It eventually metamorphoses into a fly. <laughs> That's a good face. E-C-H-O-L-A-L-I-A. Echo what? Echolalia. It means repeating a word over and over again. <coughs> it's part of Tourette's. Yeah, well, you're not getting credit for it until I look it up. Let's see. Echo. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a real word. Oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you did that because I'm winning. You know, she just knocked She's over the Scrabble girl. board, but how that was She's edited, it looked like Rebecca did it. We have to balance her interests against those of the others in her class. And how exactly does Lisa compromise those interests, Mr. Gilbert? Well, um, she lets out these little yips, uh, um, like this. Yip, yip. And uh, when she gets nervous, she'll uh, stomp her feet on the floor or, or stand up and twirl around. And this happens a lot during exams. And this is why she was thrown out, for stomping her foot it, or Eleanor. making yip sounds. I'm the principal. I have to make the school work. And did you talk to the other students to help them understand? Principal who just can't deal. Guy taking the pow out of principal. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to not cricket that on principal. Okay. Ooh, nice pun. Ooh. (laughs) If only I remembered what the word was for possum. (laughs) That is Carmen Argenziano who is a uh, character actor who looks familiar in everything he does, although I can't figure out exactly what I know him best from. But he was on Godfather 2, he was on House, he was in Angels and Demons, Stargate SG-1, he was in 24, he was on uh, the, show, uh, the movie Broken Arrow. He's done everything, and he's so familiar, but I can't find the one iconic thing I remember him from. Hmm, it's like you can't think of it again, Zienzo. Yes, but I can't mandate to a student body that they not be distracted by something that distracts. I could tell you not to jump when a car backfires, but a boom is a boom. Yes, but if a car kept going boom, I'd eventually get used to it. And what's to say that Lisa's classmates wouldn't have gotten used to her tics if they would have... I'm telling you they didn't. Do you know what the phenomenon of habituation is, Mr. Gilbert? Yes. It's a fancy name for saying you'll get used to it. But I'm telling you the problem was ongoing. The problem was ongoing, in part, because the ignorance was ongoing. Did you ever explain to Lisa's classmates what Tourette's is, or only that she had it? Doctors don't exactly understand what it is. No, so there's a lot to... that is understood, Mr. Gilbert, and the truth is, you didn't make any effort. When was the last time... You... Have we discussed on the show, Keith, when the ADA went into place? Uh, no, we haven't, but it's been around for long before this. Yeah, so because I, I feel like they're in pretty stark violation of that, no? 
I would, yeah, certainly, especially in a public school. I mean, he's he's about to, you know, make points about how really difficult it is to deal with uh, people with different abilities in a public school setting where you have no budget and no uh, staff to handle it. But you still got to, you know, I, like, I get that it's hard, but you still got to do it. It's a public school. You set foot into an urban public school council. Please just answer the question. The answer is we'd love to take time out to tend to special needs. But we're underfunded, understaffed, and overpopulated. There's a name for it. It's called public school. And like it or not, we're not about individual attention. We're about teaching large groups. Throwing the education at a bunch of students all lumped into one big group and hoping to hell the learning sticks with more kids than not. Mm -hmm. And if one kid is different, just throw her out. If she's adversely affecting everybody else? Yes. That's a very uh, broad-stroked sort of not correct description of what public school is. Well, it's talking about the challenges that a public school faces, but that's not necessarily what a public school is. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a kind of a low blow, David. So basically, I'm sunk. Both of my it parents are public school. He said he'd think about it. Let's let's just wait. But you don't hold out much hope. Keith and I are both uh, products of public schools, and look how well we've turned out. Yeah, man, we're so smart, possum. There isn't one of the more compassionate ones. We could still go to trial, though. This case isn't a slam dunk. If we go to trial, how will my kids not find out? I mean, that's the whole point. I can't. Also, with the record, my husband never challenges for custody. Now, that makes a lot more sense than your kids knowing. I mean, at some point... You got to own up to that kind of shit, but the challenge of the of the custody is is a, is an issue. Well, they're they're real consequences, and in and especially the younger kids, pretty young too. Like that's, I understand why you don't want your kids to know. Well, forget about your kids. What about Bobby's reputation? <laughs> I know. I made my bed here. Well, thanks for walking me. Yeah. Steam. We're on a soundstage. It's outdoors. It has to be steam. I remember it took me 20 minutes just to work up the current. So currently, Bobby is hooking up with two women that we are aware of. <laughs> well, it depends on what timeline we're in. Well, if we're looking at the as-aired timeline... As-aired, He's right. hooking up with Helen and Lindsay. And, yeah, and, yeah, remember remember when the whole Lindsay thing happened and then we completely forgot about it for ten episodes? Uh-huh, and he's about to, uh... It seems, thus far, by the, the tone of this scene, he's about to plant some of his own larvae. Where's the kiss you? Oh, no. Then just as I started to... Gross. Your father opened the door. Yeah, that was gross. Whoops, sorry. I closed the door. It took you another 20 minutes. Mom! Hi, where do you think you're going? Hello. I'm going to Susie's to eat, remember? Wait, she looks familiar too. She sure does. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, why does every... This is the second consecutive episode where people live on the first floor with a door that opens straight out onto the street in the city, which just doesn't happen. It means lazy, lazy location scouts. It, it means, oh, God, we're not doing a setup for stairs. Yeah. Oh, forget that. Uh, anyway, to answer your question, that daughter is now very well-known actress Erica Christensen, who also, interestingly, was in Traffic. Oh. She was also in Flight Plan, and you might know her from Swim Fan. No, maybe that's it. Uh, yeah, but she is now, uh, she was a regular on Parenthood. That's and it. Six Degrees. That's it. She has done yeah. a fair amount. This <clears throat> is my daughter, Melissa. This is Mr. Donald. Hi. Hi. Mom. Mom, see if you keep on hitting me out with the stick. I can see that. It's all red. He hits TV first. You weren't there. Hi, Mom. That little boy has a crazy shiner. Hi, did you hit Stevie first, sweetie? He looked at me first. He's got the biggest... They could not find a shirt to fit that kid, so they're like, just put a grown-up human shirt on him. Just, just take one of, like, Jimmy's shirts and just throw it It's ridiculous. That really is... I would fit into that shirt, and I'm a big fat dude. Funny. Are we supposed to hit people who look at us funny? No. Well, you think maybe I should just kiss that eye? Do you think that would help? I love yeah. how... Okay, so... We're watching Bobby like, oh, how adorable. But what happened there? His kid just assaulted another kid for no reason, and we're playing it like, oh, what a great mom. Well, maybe Bobby's ambulance chasing. He's like, I could probably get a settlement for that other kid. Totally. Maybe because he knows about to hit him. <laughs> chuckle, chuckle, How chuckle. adorable. Look I at that violent kid. I suppose the second chip, Lindsay. I'm okay. The last witness is just on the surgery. There's nothing in dispute. It's only for this morning. Hey, are you all set? Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks. That's what you get for knowing the computers. <laughs> Speaking of which, see if you can retrieve my closing copy thing over there. Ate it. I could second chair for you, Lindsay. My morning's clear. Oh, that's okay. Actually, I'd sort of enjoy it. I haven't been to court in a couple of weeks. You know, I I'm fine, really. You know, it's no problem. Uh, actually, I am. Um, you know, it can it can throw the jury if a new lawyer suddenly appears. I'd rather not risk it. So why is she being awkward with Jimmy? Is it the sex thing from eight years ago, or is it the the grunt thing, which I thought she apologized for? There are plenty of good reasons. <laughs> Excuse me. He's gonna bring a doll of himself here? to court. Yeah, right here. Can I talk to you in private? Sure. How come Lindsay doesn't want me at her table? Casey's just about over, Jimmy. No real point. Oh, man, that feeling when everybody knows something you don't know. What do you mean he, he called you? Just what I said. Bobby, what do you know about this detective? Nothing much and nothing good. You mean to tell me he called you at your home? He basically offered me a quid pro quo. I get off if I get him off first. Wow. Could oh, this be lovely. some kind of sting? Why would he sting you? He's already got you. That's what I figured. You, you, you got any way of proving this? No. All right. Tell me exactly, and I mean exactly, what did he say? Exactly. He said that I he was a get lonely Jimmy. man. 
And if I would keep him company for half an hour or so, he wouldn't file. Detective Morrison said this. He also said that if I reiterated this to you, he would deny it. Is Detective Morrison the guy who was deposing her? Yes. Okay. And the deal was off. All right, well, uh, how, did, how did you leave it? He said he's coming to my condo tomorrow night, and I'm either to say, what a surprise, come in, or I'm busy, depending on what the answer is. No other discussion or the deal's off. I don't believe this. Bobby's pierced. So what should I do? I gotta think. Just, just, just let me think. Lisa, Bobby makes that face a lot. I've heard from your dad and I've heard from your lawyer, but I'd really like to hear from you. Can I just say one thing before we begin? Of course. As you talk about her twitching... I mean, that's a really nuanced acting uh, challenge for a young actress. Yeah. If she's yeah, not absolutely. actually afflicted, you know? Yeah. Rachel Silverwood, come back to acting. Yeah. ...or ticking, she's more likely to do it. Power of suggestion. I understand. Lisa, I've heard your ticks distract the other students. Do you think that's true? <coughs> She'll be back. Does she I mean, do the problem fine? is with doing a role like this, Sometimes. as courageous and well done as it is, like a kid that age is going to get murdered in school. Do you think it's fair that... Yeah. Which I could understand would if take the fun out of acting, which is unfortunate. Makes it harder for the other students to learn or harder for the teachers to teach. Is it fair for you to want to be there? I guess it depends on what's being taught. And it's important that you go to a public school rather than a specialized private one. Yes. Why? Because when I grow up, I'm going to live my life out in the open. We might as well start getting used to each other now. Zing. Do the lawyers have any questions? Not me. Uh, See, it's amazing, like, she, for Please such sir. a severe set of ticks, she's giving a very subtle performance. When you right. make sounds or noises... Does the teacher have to repeat things over again for the class? Yes. Do you think sometimes you slow the class down? She took the camera Maybe there back. sometimes, so. but not much. No, there are medications, aren't there, that would help control your tickings? Yes, but I don't like them. They make me feel sluggish. She did it again there. She does glaze the camera a little bit. Yeah. What it really comes down to Ugh, is foreseeability. Maggots. Was it foreseeable? <laughs> Not the cut I was looking for, man. Having negative <laughs> psychological reaction to, to those gross, disgusting things squirming around inside her. Look at that. Imagine them biting, gnawing away at your tissue, excreting their repulsive little maggot feces inside you. There were other alternatives. Drugs. Not as cheap as maggots, I grant you. And we, we do gotta have be to be concerned about rising, rising health, health costs. costs. Absolutely. This is a human being sitting here. It's almost like you've seen this before, but you haven't. My client performed a very difficult procedure. He had to reattach arteries. He had to piece together pieces of bone, and then he had to combat a severe risk of bacterial infection. And he treated that threat with the best therapy available to him. And it worked. It was a complete success. Mrs. Yeah, White this is a nonsense today. case. Only because of Dr. Clove's superior medical performance. Harriet, I love you, but come on, this is ridiculous. It's medicine. A lot of medicine is gross. 
Your Honor, could I ask the plaintiff? It's true, Keith. It's almost like you'd have to say, you've may got to be kidding me. If only I could fly away from that joke. If you could refrain from scratching during defense counsel summation. Will it be long? I could go to his (laughs) superior. Or I could could try to back him down by reversing the threat. He said if I even told you. Bobby, unless you have some kind of guaranteed plan, I don't want you going to him. Well, okay. Um, maybe if you wore a wire. That's why he said no discussion. He's already prepared for that. Bobby, even if we could trap him, I'm not sure. If we expose him, it's news. That would be in the papers for sure. I, I don't know what to tell you, Sharon. I mean, I, I know you don't want any of this getting out, but your only option here seems to be to roll the dice with a trial or plead. I think you should hike up your pants a little bit more, Bobby. <laughs> I think that'll help. That's not my only option. Bet you can get him in the armpits. But maybe the smartest thing is to just give him what he wants. You can't be serious. If it'll make it all go away. Girl. I'm a prostitute. What would I be doing that I hadn't done before? Sharon. Do you have a better plan? Well, we could talk to the DA. Turn state's evidence against Morrison. In which case, he says, it's my word against his. Should they believe me, this becomes an even bigger scandal. Well, as your lawyer, I am certainly not going to counsel you towards prostitution. Right. As your friend. And as my friend, you have to admit, this may be the best way to make this whole thing go away. I mean, this could be my only way. Yeah, but he doesn't have to adhere to the bargain. Well, the situation that she's I've in... I've done it for money. Why am I suddenly too proud to do it for my kids? It's literally the only way she can not get exposed. Van. And, I can see this side and of Jimmy it. Doll. Be distracting if she doesn't. She has the right to an education, Eugene. I'm not saying that she doesn't, but this mainstreaming thing can get carried away. Lindsay. Could I have a second, please? Sure. You, you want to go into the conference room? No, it's okay. I just I like want to an make an ass of myself as to here. why you didn't want me with you in court with oh, everybody. That. Well, uh, and I'd appreciate you not insulting what little intelligence I have with some story about juries getting spooked by new faces. I'd like the truth. There are four of them in one side of the office, Jimmy on okay. the other side of the office, visually depicting this standoff that I feel like we've already gotten over, but we're revisiting. I have a client who could be perceived as um, a little too quick to sue. I'm worried one or more of the jurors might have seen your commercial. And? And, um, with a litigious plaintiff, I don't think it helps our cause to be associated with Jimmy the Grunt. Ouch, but not necessarily unreasoned. Jimmy, she's not wrong. Oh, you go to hell too. That's awkward. Isn't it good that Jimmy involved everybody in that? Couldn't have had that privately. Because they didn't want to do another camera setup. <laughs> oh, hi. Hi, Melissa. 
Is uh, steam? Is Don't worry, there's steam. Never mind, honey. Go get your coat. We're running late. Here, toast. Can I talk to you, Sharon? What you're considering here? Bobby, this is not the place for this discussion. Can I just sit back and watch you do this? This is two weeks in a row where people keep going to the client's apartment. You got got enough. And it looks like it's exactly the same apartment. (laughs) Could be. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get your brother. I actually looked it up. Unless it's a redress, it they might have redressed it. It, it's similar, but not the same. It would be nice, Your Honor, if we could mainstream Fan. all the children Fan. like Lisa. And it would be great, wouldn't it, if we could eradicate ignorance and intolerance with one wave of a wand. Wave it once more and make everybody normal. But today, we're stuck with reality. And like Principal Gilbert told us, the reality of public schools is ugly, overcrowded, underfunded, understaffed. It's all we can do to make it Is this it the big function. clothes, Keith? I mean, forget about individual attention. We're not good, but it's not yet. It's education for the okay. masses. And it's gotta be our remarkable clothes. as Lisa Wright is. Fair. And she is. She is also a wrench in a system that is already limping badly. Your Honor, there are 400 other kids at Wheaton East. They count, too. Your Honor, Rebecca Washington from my firm is again with us. She's not a member of the bar, but would it be all right for her to address the court? If the client doesn't object. Okay. So here's my question to you before we do that. How did you know I did my homework? Because you always do it and I don't. (laughs) All right, kids. It is... It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Otherwise, your client's dead. Closing time. Oh, I brought it. That was like Toy Story 4. I brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> it is closing time. And for the first time on the show, our closer is Rebecca D. Cricket. Thank you, Your Honor. <clears throat> I just wanted to say, everybody seems to be balancing Lisa's interests against the interests of the other students, but from where I sit, they don't clash. After knowing her, even for one day, any child should be so lucky as to go to school with somebody like this girl. Even so, Ms. Washington. To know her is not the same as having to attend school with her. But a school needs to be more than just reading and writing. School is the first real world for a kid, and and it shouldn't be a place that says, gee, you know, we'd like to be tolerant, but order and decorum have to come first. Maybe the school should teach children not to discriminate, not to be prejudiced against people who are different, and then get around to phonics and arithmetic you raise some interesting ideals but the order of the day is to make the schools function no the order of the day as i've been listening is to do what's best for the students at wheaton east now you've met lisa wright you've seen her tics interrupt your courtroom balance all that and you're glad you met her you're better off 
give those students the benefit of the doubt that they can learn to tolerate Lisa. In the end, it's like what Lisa herself said. You can let her stay or you can kick her out. All depends on what it is you're trying to teach. Thank you. Boom! Rebecca D. Cricket. Ah, wow, well and done. I, and, and I think it really makes the most important point Mr. Foreman, as the jury of this case, and that is yeah. what is the purpose of school? And uh, I, I think the sort of antiquated idea is to f- stuff kids minds full of facts and figures and what year did we do this and your times tables but it's really that's that's not what the purpose really should be it should be how do you navigate living in the world if it's information it's not how do you memorize the rote information it's how do you collect information how do you seek out information how do you interpret good information from bad information how do you find you know realize how do you identify bias how do you identify good good uh, information and on top of that it's how do you interact with people who are different from you how do you navigate you know somebody like this or somebody with a, some other sort type of disability how you know it's just that's really what school's all about which is why we should be teaching more practical things that you need in life how do you balance a checkbook how do you do your laundry on top of all the specific uh subjects later down the road soapbox done and Keith gets on his soapbox. He tells us what education means. Your Honor, what say you? We find in favor of the plaintiff in order that the defendant pay damages in the amount of sixty-two thousand dollars. Jury is dismissed. This is the maggot case. We're adjourned. So Harriet won, and that's nonsense. And it's tax-free. This is a great result. I don't know. Go, She's got a calculator. Only comes to twelve hundred per maggot. Ha! <laughs> I'd appreciate you not coming to my home like that. You wouldn't return my phone calls. What am I supposed to do? Mind your own fucking business. <laughs> well said. <laughs> You're gonna do it, aren't you? I don't know. God, Sharon, how can you even think of it? Tell me another Bobby, one, Bobby. get the... F- you you humped a murderer. You think this helps your children for you to, to do this? Of course it helps them. Do you have any idea how devastated they'd be? Their father walked out on them. In terms of role models, I am it. Those kids need a mother with some kind of self-esteem. And if you do what you're thinking of doing, it'll catch up with you. that right? Being a whore catches up. Oof. The Keith Varney story. (laughs) I've represented enough of them to know. We've also represented rapists and murderers, Bobby. I mean, if you look at my bedpost, there wasn't any people lining up to pay for it. Let alone, you know, be there at all. I'll pay you to stop. For a fee. (laughs) Don't tell me you free child molesters to gratify your soul. You think my job is whoring? I think we both made compromises. The ones I've made have been more stupid, but they have been made to provide for my kids. What is your excuse? Hey, you know nothing about me. You know nothing about me. So why don't we just call this even? I am not going to judge you. You don't judge me. Yeah, Bobby, you're pretty thick to the hypocrisy here, buddy. 
Well, truly, and not understanding her Listen, situation whatsoever. I can whatsoever. bring myself to understand. You do this call girl thing once or twice to dig yourself out. It continues in the money, but what you're talking about now, it, 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 it's more repulsive. It's worse. How? How is it more repulsive? Please, don't do it. It feels strongly like David E. Kelly was trying to send a message to someone s specific. Yeah, I don't know. It's really it, it's, I it's interesting. I hope I don't. I mean, maybe I won't. Again, more terrific work from Kathleen York. All I'm going to say is, she's running away with from, it, Keith. From every hole, she sure is. You 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 climb out. This isn't, this isn't you, Sharon. This isn't you. Everybody relax. We both know that. I still can't believe he allowed the video. Excuse me. What's that about? Bobby's not talking much. He won, huh? 62,000. Good result. Listen, uh, I'm sorry for what I said yesterday. Forget about it. No, uh, I was out of line. You see this? Keepsake. I've had it ten years. We are pleased to inform you that you have successfully passed the bar examination of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Yeah. I remember when my letter came. I failed my first two tries, you know. No, I didn't know. Yeah. When I finally passed, I cried for an hour. I was suddenly uh, a lawyer, something. Mm. What I'm trying to say is I, I think I got some kind of complex that I used to think ended when I got that letter. Only maybe it didn't. Jimmy, all this is is a piece of paper that gives you the opportunity to practice law. I know this. You know, for what it's worth, Lindsay made the same mistake. She thought there was some automatic dignity in being a lawyer, that it came with a degree. It doesn't. And when she first came here, she hated it because she thought the cases we took were a reflection on her. But now she knows better. She can go in The second close. Court and argue over maggots and still be dignified in doing it. Jimmy, the cases don't make you. You make you. Okay, Eugene. What's the punchline? I, I never got the true meaning of nothing without the cliff notes. You gotta decide what you really wanna be. Uh. Fallen and you can't get up? Call a quant. <laughs> it's the doll. Is that it? Hold on. Uh, quick time out while I gif the living hell out of this. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's definitely uh... uh audience, please bear with us as I s slightly go backwards in time. Yeah, okay. So I'll I'll fill while you do that. See so Fallen and you this... can't get up? Call a quant. 
<laughs> what this whole thing makes me wonder is what is the show's point of view on Jimmy the Grunt? Somewhere along because, the line, like, for three episodes, exactly it looked like the show was rooting for Jimmy the Grunt. Mm-hmm. And now, now that David E. Kelly's writing it again, he's like, whoa, whoa, no, why, oh, I'm not on board with that. It's an interesting setup as a success and then smacking Jimmy down. It's like the show's not quite sure how, how it feels about Jimmy doing that. Wouldn't be the first time the show didn't quite know how it feels. Pragmatism became a good thing in this country. We now celebrate the man who starts off with seems to me, then sputters off a piece of folksy wisdom drooling with practicality. And we've had that here, haven't we? It's great to be tolerant. We love to help the remarkable little girl, but we have a school to run. Sounds so damn logical. If one apple hurts the bunch, remove the apple. That's the practical and pragmatic thing to do. Only problem is pragmatism where we used to settle for it when idealism couldn't be achieved, is now the target goal. And that's lousy. Speak, This school didn't try hard enough. It just moved along in its practical, efficient way. And Mm -hmm. that's not good enough. Mr. Gilbert, you go back there and try to make it work. And if it doesn't, try again. Then try again. And if your school still can't accommodate this girl, then maybe I'll have to accommodate you. But first, I'm going to make room for the remotest of possibilities that it's you that hasn't got it right yet. Plaintiff's petition granted. Hell yeah, Quark. We win. That was a good speech, too. David E. Kelly's written some really good speeches. Yeah, well, I'm good. <laughs> Congratulations. I'll see you school. She's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you dick. Now the moral close, Keith. And now the moral close. Bobby is stalking uh, <laughs> his, his ex. His high school He's sitting day. in a car in the rain, stalking his ex outside her apartment. And here comes the cop. Two extras walk so slow by. It's their moment. Steam. She opens the door. There's more steam. So much steam. And he goes in. Bobby Bobby lost this one. And Bobby's stalkery judges her. (laughs) Silently. Wow. Okay. Guys, we have gotten through the pursuit of dignity here on the Out of Practice podcast. Lots to unpack there. There were, what, four storylines? So many storylines. So many storylines. So many bumpers. If only you could make the music stop. You stink. (laughs) You know, I I make fun of Dex every week for that, but that's Hulu. That's not you. Okay. Okay. So, lots lots going on there. 
Um, and I think we should, uh, we'll get to the big stuff in the end, but it's time for... Most Well, Keith, I think the most important case one here is... It's probably not the maggot not case. Not the maggot case, but, uh, you know, I guess we have to have a sidebar. I, okay, I, sidebar. I feel like Rebecca D. Cricket's clothes really sort of turned the tide for us here, but since she's not on the bar, can we give her a most valuable lawyer? Well, I was considering that, and I have a loophole. Yes, in please. In my most lawyeristic way. Hold on, hold on. We need, uh, we need something like, uh, it would like be like a doo-wop tune, like, chew-wop. Keith's loop, hold loop, Keith's loop, Keith's uh, something. We're workshopping it, but it's Keith's <laughs> no, loophole. I, I think you're gonna have to uh, lay that down. Okay, all right. That's your. I, I did my homework this week. You have to do that homework. I'm pretty sure I just stole the melody from Still of the Night, but uh, I'll. You sure did. <laughs> I'll come up with something better. <laughs> Shoo-doop, here's a lawyer. Cease and desist. <laughs> uh, one of us here has actually gotten a cease and desist. Thank you very much. Uh, okay, so here's my loophole. My loophole is that she has not passed the bar. However, she is an employee of the firm. That doesn't, and make, so that doesn't make her a I lawyer. Th- it doesn't make her a lawyer, but it makes... It's the most valuable person in the firm. That is not what the theme song says. <laughs> yeah, well, but I I also, those people who know the practice know what I'm wrestling with here. But I, I feel like... Oh. Uh, spoiler alert! <laughs> she's an employee of the firm. I think she is eligible for MV, she's a regular cast member and an employee of the firm. So, are you saying, Keith, that yes. in a potential future timeline, Rebecca might pursue or earn her law degree? I can't tell you that. Okay. I can't tell you that, but I can tell you she is an employee of the firm. She gave the clothes because it doesn't say most valuable present lawyer. It just says lawyer. That's right. That's right. And everybody has the potential of being a lawyer in their heart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You know what? Hold on. The foreman's slipping me a piece of paper. We will allow it. Okay. All right. So that makes we're us, you are, we are unanimous. The first time Rebecca D. Cricket is our MVL. Congratulations. Woo! Big, big moment. Big moment. You know, she got the first closing time bumper. You see what happens when you come to work, Rebecca? Yeah, (laughs) when you actually show up. (laughs) So, yeah, congratulations on that. And uh, now it's time to talk about... Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting the paycheck. First entry on your IMDb. Way Way to go. go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the Okay, so it is time for the best guest actor. What do you got, Degs? Well, I guess the question becomes, are you going to make your friend win, or are we going to give it to the hooker with a heart of gold? 
Kathleen Bird York. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I love Harriet Harris inside and out. Her performance, I think, was amazing. And one of the best, like, you get three minutes of scene chewing as the sort of comedic episode, you know, comedic uh, storyline on the episode. Correct. However, uh, I, I, I have to give it to, uh, to Kathleen York because her, she just nailed it in a very difficult, uh, very difficult role, difficult performance. Cause there was so many layers going on there and we had to get on board with her in a short amount of time, finding out that she was doing this and she had to get the audience on her side and against Bobby's side. Well, I guess that's a question. What did we, what did the audience feel on that? But uh, anyway, I got to give it to her. I think she was terrific. Uh, then we are unanimous. You? I agree. I think that her portrayal was nuanced. I think she showed the sort of rock and a hard place she was between. And that uh, what I like that this show does so often, even though it's not tonally consistent as to who walks these lines, is that it always presents the fact that there is moral gray area that exists. You know, like yeah. at one point, Jimmy had to play the straight black and white, it's right or it's wrong, in with the prison episode, or the death row episode, and he had to right. come around. In this, it wasn't so much Bobby presenting that you shouldn't do this, it's morally re- reprehensible, you know, to take this offer, even though that's totally inconsistent with things Bobby has done, but they use that to show his hypocrisy and show that there is some moral gray area. So I thought that it was, like we said, maybe not totally consistent, yet it was still effective. And so I think uh, the show, the writing, and the portrayal all are cohesive in presenting her with the award. All right. Well, congratulations, Kathleen, a.k.a. Bird York, with your fake award. Yeah, uh, she's doing a lot of excellent work at this time in her career, because this is also when she was on the West Wing, and she was killing it there, too. Toby, you're too sad. Oh, what a great line. Anyway, uh, all right, so that gets us to... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. Well, Keith, this I think is going to be the most difficult discussion, because we had great portrayals all across the board here. Jimmy... Brings in a solid performance. Lindsay... And his doll did a great job. His doll was great. Uh, Lindsay had some great moments, both comedic and dramatic. Uh, Cameron came in, had some couple of good beats, though I don't think she was in enough of the meat to really warrant nomination here. Eugene had a great speech at the end. He did. Jimmy had some great moments. Uh, I already mentioned that. But I think... In our first big close with a new bumper, she already won Most Valuable Lawyer. I think Rebecca's... You're going to go Lisa Gay I Hamilton. I think Lisa Gay is, is, uh, is my vote. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, it was a really... I was actually thinking about this while watching it. The whole cast had something to do in this episode, um, which was good. It was it was more balanced than it often is, partially because they had so many different storylines, which I think didn't necessarily always help them. Um, but yeah, no, I gotta give it to Lisa G. Hamilton as well. Uh, thus far, we are unanimous. 
Keith, may I yes. approach the bench? Please, appro- approach the bench. I would like to nominate, I know we don't often do this, but I would like to nominate, uh, could you, what was the young actress's name that portrayed the, the client? Her name was Rachel Silverwood. I would like, an, I would like to uh, officially nominate her for an honorable mention this week. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, she it was a great portrayal. It wasn't too much, uh, and I thought that if maybe she's gotten out of acting, I think we should still uh, recognize her for the work she did this this week. Okay, honorable mention. I'll I'll go with that. I'm totally with you. And uh, you know, frankly, Armin Shimmerman's clothes at the very end was also excellent. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, he just delivered really good writing. So, uh, yeah. Well, hooray for that. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. All right, so talk to me about the episode, Dex. So this one, though, it seems like it exists in the season one timeline. It has the cohesion of a season two episode proper. I thought the ensemble cast was excellent. I thought the writing was uh, top-notch. I thought the uh, societal and political points brought up regarding public school and inclusion and quote-unquote mainstreaming were uh, held up even in 2019. Yep. I was engaged with the episode. I think... I mean, the only shithead is sort of Bobby in this one, which I kind of wish Bobby... I wish we hit... He was sort of on our team this episode, but... um, (laughs) I don't know. I think it's solid. I, I, I'm wavering between a seven and a half spare tire to eight solid eight. Um, wow. But I don't know that it's reached the upper echelon of what we've has come, what has precedent has been set with that. Uh-huh. Uh, my, I think my highest rating currently is the, the Jimmy uh, death row episode, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Which you gave a nine. Yeah. You know, you can find out how we rated it on the definitive ranking of uh practice episodes on outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com Well, the record will show that I am formally submitting a 7.5 spare tires for this episode. A 7.5? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I When I first watched this episode, I'm looking at my notes here, and I wrote it feels kind of fillery as an episode, which is what I felt the first time I watched it. Second time around, I didn't feel that quite as, as much. Um, you know, it felt like there there might have been one too many storylines um i i think like the the jimmy beat maybe would have been better served in a different episode that's fair um, however i i in terms of like the actual writing of the scenes and the speeches and the dialogue i think this might be one of the better ones that that david has written um Really solid performances all the way through. I liked. Uh, I, I I think particularly the school story and the girl with Tourette's. Like I think the 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 lesson uh, taught there was really valuable, and I think really good to have that on on TV. And the sort of the benefits of pragmatism versus idealism um, feels very very current yet. Um, so I I, I really like that. My, my biggest complaint about this episode was about the Kathleen York story about the prostitute and because there's a lot of misdirected fire here, right? So we spend a lot of time 
with Bobby voicing anger and judgment at her, at the woman in the tough situation. And we get a lot, we get a lot of like, is she right? Is she wrong? Is she bad? Is she good? What is the right decision? Is that, and really almost nothing at the actual person fucking exploiting her, essentially raping her, which is the cop. Because, you know, uh, to be exploited like this, you know, it's, it's another way of force. It's just a, a different use of force. And so technically, I think, would be rape. So I didn't like the fact that we spent all of our time wondering if she was shitty and not much time talking about the cop. Yeah, I mean, you exist in a universe where you, where you know if we see this cop again, if he's ever held account uh, to any accountability for this action. I do not, right. and so I can sort of hold out hope that potentially there's a future where where we we revisit it, though there has been precedent set that we don't we we sometimes throw up big beats that never get revisited <laughs> or do six seasons later. Yeah, so you know, there's a that is a slippery slope. I also feel like what could have been a a much more engaging conversation. The, the, they began that conversation in the office where she sort of ma- drew a parallel between what she's done and is doing and what Bobby does. Where you kind of like have to suspend your moral outrage in order to just kind of get the job done. Yeah, I felt that yeah, was interesting, I- but then they sort of they let Bobby off the hook, as they often do, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but certainly an interesting storyline. I think that dilemma was a very interesting story to tell. Like, you know, what is the right thing to do in a situation like that where it, it's just the whole thing is in a gray area? Um, so, yeah. I So, I liked the episode. Um, I don't think I liked it quite as much as you did. You gave it a 7.5. I'm going to give it a 6.75. So it's not quite a seven for me, but it's also better than a six and a half. So I see you trying to do the math on that, and this is going to be really fun. <laughs> I don't know that I can. I'll put it in the spreadsheet. I'll put it in the spreadsheet. Uh, yeah, so 6.75 and 7.5. No, we can't, we can't let everybody off the hook like that. I'm going to... We talked about school. You know, Keith, actually, this brings up a pretty interesting uh, conversation that I want to quickly have. You said that okay. school isn't just about memorizing facts anymore. In fact, we live in a universe where we have calculators at our fingertips. We have the internet. We have Siri. We have all of human knowledge on our fingertips. So there's no use in being able to do quick math. There's no reason I can't just <laughs> add these two things right here and now Uh huh. and come up with the answer. Okay. Well, boy, the... This is my soapbox in action right here. But ha- do you have the skills to realize if your calculator is fake news or not? Well, it really, ha- we've never had the conversation as to whether we're going to round up or down. We don't round shit. It's exactly right. Okay, well then this episode gets precisely a 7.125 spare tires. Okay, I think that's that feels about right. Yeah. All right, we did it. <laughs> we did math, math. Math, math. We solved education. Math, math. math. Future of education. We crushed math. Do, We're awesome at math. Do, 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 Well, you heard it here on the Out of Practice podcast. Kids, fuck those timetables. You don't have to know shit. <laughs> hey, Siri. What's for dinner tonight? What is for dinner tonight? I'm starving.
Looks like we're having Greek for dinner. Greek? Greek sounds good. We're in Astoria, Queens. Nothing nothing but good Greek food here. Anyway, Keith. I I can go for that. If Siri was smart and liked podcasts, she'd probably check us out at Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com or at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. And uh, please, leave us a rating and review on Apple uh, Podcasts. That would be the most helpful thing you can do for us, is uh, leave us that rating so we can get more people listening. And Keith, if we wanted to get our geek on this week, what other podcasts could we listen to? We could listen to Wisdom of One, the most amazing D&D podcast done by me and my two brothers. It's really ridiculous. Our latest episode is entitled Performance Peak. On that note, I wish you a happy Laser Sounds, and go Team USA. Laser Sounds to you, Sue, sir. What is Wisdom of One? Wisdom of One is the story of me, the brave and powerful hero Skankross 7 and counting. Wisdom of One, there's like all these crazy adventures that we go on. It always has something new. <laughs> This podcast has many, many personality disorders in evidence. See if you can spot them all. The one telling the story is shockingly repressed. Yet another Dungeons and Dragons comedy podcast. Interrupted by long stretches of grunting from Dagon and pointless NPC nonsense you should skip through. Sometimes it's just more fun than real life, I guess. So find us on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a listen, rate, and review us. We need your help there for sure. Wisdom of one. Failure is a way of life. Charisma of 20, but I-